September. No, not September. It's October 1st. Happy first day of October, everyone. 2019. I am driving home, so I don't know how well this is going to work. Don't worry, I'm not... I'm not a distracted driver. I have my phone just sitting and just recording. So I'm not even holding it. Oh man. Every day is uh, about about a 25, 30 minute drive home. Normally, I'm driving home with a kid in the back seat, but the kid was homesick, so I don't have her in the back seat. Kind of rainy today. Yesterday at this time, it was like 95, maybe not 95. Yesterday at this time, it was like 85 or 90 degrees. Sunny, windy, but still sunny and hot. Today, it's rainy, and my car is telling me it's 50 degrees. I don't really know how much I trust the car's temperature gauge, though. <laughs> temperature gauge? Thermometer? Whatever you want to call it. i just always a little wary of the uh, thermometers on the cars. I don't know why. I just am. Mostly in the winter, I'm a little more wary of it. You know, I mean, I don't know where the thermometer actually is on the car, so who's who's to say that it's not just a little extra covered in this cold, cold rainwater, or I suppose later on in the year, cold, cold snow and ice, you know? So, but anyways, that's what my car says. It's probably fairly accurate. At 10 o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock this morning, it was 55 degrees out. That was like the official temperature. Not what my, I don't know what my car said. I wasn't really paying that much attention. But uh, anyways, anyways, the point is yesterday at this time, it was hot, sunny, and windy. Today, cold and rainy. And not quite as windy. Uh, but I guess that's, I guess that's, that's Nebraska weather for you. Uh, I hate it when people say that. I hate it when people say that. Yeah, I think it was uh, Mark Twain. He, he has like a famous quote about Nebraska that people like to say. And I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Sure, it was probably clever back when he said it. But it's a little overdone. But it's, uh, it's something along the lines of, if you don't like the weather in Nebraska, just wait a minute. Mark Twain say something controversial here. Mark Twain I think he's a little overrated. People love him for being a lovable goof and and writing like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Meh. Okay. I mean, I've read one of those books <laughs> and I thought it was Okay, I guess. 
I don't know which book it was. I don't know if it was Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn. I, I read one of them in high school. Oh, man. I only write books. I don't read them. No, I'm kidding. I read some books. Last week's episode, or, well, I suppose, last week's episode at the time of this recording. I don't know when or if this will ever be posted, but time of this recording, our last episode was, what is something you've created that you're super proud of? I mentioned that I wrote a book. I didn't actually mention what the name of that book was. Also, I apologize for any extra noise because it's kind of rainy, so you're probably hearing some rain hitting my windshield and quite possibly the sound of my windshield wipers as well. But uh, yeah, I wrote a book. I wrote two books, actually. Well, Kind of two books. I, I, I rewrote The Wizard of Oz as a horror story. I'm rather proud of my work. You can buy that on Amazon. It's called Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, I am currently working on a sequel to that book, which is Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, because that just makes sense. I'm, you know, it does. You have dark, darker, and then the third book will be Darkest, right? It's just, it's just a natural progression of titling. Also on Amazon, you can get The Black Notebook, a collection of teen angsty poetry. I don't even, I don't even know if that's the actual name of it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's The Black Notebook, a collection of generic teen angsty poetry. Uh, something to that effect. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's how fond I am of that particular work. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to write a lot. I mean, a lot. I would I would buy these black notebooks, hence the title, and I would just fill them with poetry. Most of it was pretty bad. And pretty generic, also, hence the title. Full of grammatical errors and spelling errors. I could definitely have used a thesaurus back in those days. I had a thesaurus. I just didn't seem to use it. <laughs> Most of the stuff in it is just really, really dumb. But I thought it would be funny to archive all that stuff into a Word document and then throw it out there into the wilds of the internet, well, onto the Amazon storefront, and just sell it and see if I could find anybody that would actually buy it. The Dark Days of Dorothy Gale you can get for like 99 cents as an ebook. I think $10, I think, as a actual physical copy of the book. Black Notebook, a little more expensive for the, uh, for the ebook. I think I, I can't remember for sure. I think I have it at like $6 for the ebook. And uh, 
I want to say another 12 or 13 for for the physical copy. I don't actually want people to buy it. I want people to buy it, but I don't want people to buy it, you know? <laughs> if that makes any sense. It's garbage. It is it is it is garbage. Um I, you can even read some like samples of it on on Amazon without actually having to buy it. And basically what you get from the beginning is about it's about what you're going to get from the rest of the book. It's also got like a a couple of it's got like a short story in the end of it too that was kind of garbage. I mean, it was garbage, but really kind of prelude to what I would eventually write with my uh, Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. It's like very early days of writing back when I had even less talent than I have today. <laughs> oh man, I say even less talent than I have today. I Some people say that I, maybe I don't give myself enough credit. I, I say I give myself plenty of credit. It's just not great credit. My self-credit score is kind of middling. Oh, man. But yeah, there is that. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, the whole point is you can go buy Dark Days from Dorothy Gale. It's kind of a fun little horror novel. And you can go check out uh, The Black Notebook. It's kind of a piece of garbage. <laughs> seriously, seriously. It is not good. It is not good. I will never... I, even, even the prologue to the book, the introduction to the book, even states that I know this isn't good. But back when I wrote it, back when I was in like high school, <laughs> I guarantee I thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. I, I probably thought I was like some prolific artiste. <laughs> you know, I was a prolific writer of poetry. I was a true poet. Oh, man. And then you look back on it and it's just, it's really bad. It's really bad. Oh, man. I, I will say this, though. It, I, I think it does actually get progressively better as you get closer to the end. You Unfortunately, you, you don't get it. You can't see the end without paying for it. But I will also tell you this. The end, it's, it's not that much better. It's progressively better, but it's not that much better where, like, the beginning is, like, a good solid F. Maybe the end is, like, by the time I get to the end, you know, like, a hundred poems later, it's, like, yeah, kind of a wobbly D. And then the short story that's in it is a pretty solid F. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty gosh darn bad. But it's out there. And... For as for as for as down for as down on the black notebook as I am, and I, as I keep calling it garbage and trash, I am kind of proud of it. I am proud of it, in the sense that I took something horribly embarrassing and attempted to monetize it. 
while still managing to not try to get people to read it. <laughs> that makes any sense whatsoever. Oh. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. A little bit about me. I don't really read... I, don't, I, I read a lot of, like, news. I read a lot of articles and, and whatnot. I don't read a whole lot of novels and books. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I've listened to it, like, three or four times. I've listened to Snow Crash, uh, you know, like, two or three times. Gone Girl made it through four times. Um, the Martian a couple times. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Uh, Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects was good. That's another Gillian Flynn thing. I don't know if it's Gillian Flynn or if it's Jillian Flynn. I always say Gillian Flynn, but I don't know if that's right. But uh, that's an okay one. So it's not as good as Gone Girl, but it's an okay one. Uh, of books that I have read, physically read, used my eyes to see the words and then process them in my brain. Uh, my Probably my favorite book, my all-time favorite book, uh, would be Rosemary's Baby. I absolutely love Rosemary's Baby. It is. It's such a... Uh, it's, it's a slow burn, but it's so tense. Uh, also turned into a movie by, I believe, Roman Polanski. An excellent movie. Uh, it's a little older. Uh, it's like 70s. 70s. I think 70s. Doesn't necessarily age the greatest, but it ages better than many things from the 70s. And is relatively close to the book. If you've ever seen Hereditary, if you like Hereditary, I strongly recommend going and, and tracking down Rosemary's Baby. Or, or the other way around. If you if you like Rosemary's Baby, I strongly recommend going and watching Hereditary. And uh, yeah, I mean those those two movies are are in the same vein as just weird things, like just weird things that happen, mm -hmm. and 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 very slow burning atmospheric, moody things. And, and they both kind of... They're just both very similar. Both excellent films also, by the way. Uh, yeah, but I've read... I've read, like, physically read Rosemary's Baby probably five times. Absolutely love that book. One of my all-time favorites. Uh, I remember... I remember when I was in the eighth grade, I read Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I remember really enjoying it. I think I read it for like Accelerated Reader or something. And I'm pretty sure I passed the test for it, which means that I at least comprehended a little bit of it. 
I have tried to read that in my older years. I'm 35 now, so yeah. I suppose if you want, you can do the math to figure out how far back, how long ago it was that I first read Frankenstein. But uh, I've, I've since tried to read Frankenstein, and I just... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the eighth grade version of me comprehended it more because I felt like I was doing something, I was reading something extra special, where the older version of me is kind of like, well, you read it once, do you really need to read it again? Just go watch the movie. Not the Boris Karloff movie, the, uh, the, the Robert De Niro movie. The one that's actually titled Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Pretty sure it was Robert De Niro. Uh, not a bad movie, actually. Pretty good. Solid rendition of of the book. Uh, I think that I think that was like nine. Well, that would have been like I probably would have been around ninety eight, maybe ninety seven. I guess because I I think it was about the time I remember reading the book and then I watched the movie. I've seen the movie a couple times since. Not anytime super recently, but I want to say I read the book and then almost immediately watched the movie afterwards. So it would have been probably 98 or maybe 99, I guess, maybe. And who knows, I could just be remembering all that stuff wrong. Sometimes I don't trust my memories. I don't know if that's just a me thing or if that's an everybody thing. But sometimes when I remember something, I just, I get this this nagging feeling that I'm remembering it wrong somehow. Like, like sometimes when I'm sitting around the house with the family, or sitting around, you know, with the family on holidays or something, uh, I'll, we'll be reminiscing because that's what people do on holidays stuff, I guess. And sometimes I will I will really want to say, oh yeah, I remember that time that's, that so-and-so did this or said that and then I did this and that. But then I hold off on it because it's like, what if, what if my mind fabricated that memory? What if, what if that never happened and then someone tells me that never happened? I, I kind of feel like if no one tells me that never happened, and did it not really happen? Kind of a tree falling in the woods type of thing. Or uh, 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 Schrodinger's cat kind of thing. Or Schrodinger's box kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's like, if you don't tell me it didn't happen, I can still say it happened. And that memory can remain with me. And I can, I can, I can still personally reminisce about that. I don't even remember how I got there. Memories. You know what I do remember, though? I do remember very clearly. I don't know if my brother remembers this, but I remember this very clearly. When I was a kid, we lived like three, like probably not even three. It was like a couple blocks away from our house was a train track. I had a small bedroom. This is like the perfect size for a little kid, but I had a small bedroom with a window right next to my bed and the window faced the, the train tracks that were like just a block or two away from us. And my brother told me 
that that werewolves traveled on trains. They were like hobos. He didn't actually tell me that they were like hobos. That's like that's a that's an analogy that that I have since come up with. But he told me that werewolves traveled by train. That's how they got from place to place. And they would jump off the train at night because werewolves are nocturnal creatures. Werewolves, full moon and all that fun stuff. So werewolves would jump off the train at night and they would go hunting. And you tell that to a child who's like six, five or six, tell that to a kindergartner, first grader. I I was pretty young at the time. You tell that to a little kid. You say, werewolves, traveling by train, jump off and go hunting. Oh, also, (laughs) you know, that window by your bedroom, it's It's like super close to the train tracks. I'm sure you got nothing to worry about. I'm sure it's fine. Oh man, alive. My parents couldn't figure out why I was terrified of trains when I was a kid. That's why I was terrified of trains when I was a kid. I used to not, I used to be terrified of sleeping with my back to the window because I was always worried that I always wanted to make sure that if I woke up in the middle of the night, I could look out the window and see there was no werewolf. And oddly enough, at the same time, I was also terrified of sleeping with my back to the door because I was always worried that some crazed killer, like uh, like some crazed like Jason Voorhees type killer, was gonna bust through my bedroom door and kill me. I spent a lot of time sleeping on my back when I was a kid. I tell you what. Oh man, and then, and then my brother used to also tell me that he he told me that I was adopted, and that's why that's why my parents had more pictures of him than they had of me, and I to a little kid that makes sense. You know why mom and dad don't have as many pictures of you. Because you're adopted. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to a little kid. It, it never really occurred to me that they had more pictures of my brother, A, because he was the first, and B, he'd been around for like two years before I was. Of course there's more pictures. He's got he's got two years on me. And then oh, Andy also told me that there was that uh that we had a third brother. There was a third brother and he lived in the walls of the house. So on occasion, you could hear a knocking on the walls. And that was, that was our other brother just, you know, trying to get out or trying to get our attention. And uh, that, that effectively scared me. I'm I'm still scared of being in houses alone (laughs) to this day. And I attribute that fear to that particular story. So, I mean, obviously I know now that my I didn't have a third brother living in the walls, but it's one of those things. It just gets ingrained in your head. 
and is one of those you know it's one of those beers that just sticks with you and you just can't shake it no matter how hard you try oh man anyways i am just about home i apologize for the audio of this if it's if it comes to uh fruition that'd be the right term if i actually end up posting this on the off all day feed i apologize for the audio i if and if i do i hope it's enjoyable i hope you learned a little bit about me and i hope uh i hope you don't judge me too harshly on my bad poetry and my severe gullibility as a child <laughs> i feel like we're all kind of gullible as a child as children though aren't we we are we are you are too you were too don't don't lie anyways i'm almost home so uh awful day rules do not apply for this episode although i'm sure i hit a myriad of fun topics and uh, i hope they were all enjoyable if you want to get in touch with us, you can certainly do that. You can go to our official website. It's offalldaypodcast.com. You can send us an email at offalldayoutlook.com. You can find us on Twitter. It's off. It's at offalldaypodcast. And on Instagram, it is at offalday. The Instagram and Twitter, I might have reversed, but uh, if I do, I think you'll be okay. You can find all that information on the website. Also, you can write us at offalday at outlook.com. That is offalday at outlook.com. All the information you could possibly want about us as far as social networks and whatnot goes, you can get that again at the website offalldaypodcast.com Calm. Thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next time, next week with a new episode. <laughs>